Have you ever asked someone how much they would charge for a service that you're planning on offering? If you have, then this episode might shock you because we're about to reveal why this is the worst thing you can do when it comes to your business. You're listening to JFDI with the two Lauras and we are, you guessed it, the two Lauras. We're here to share tips, advice and opinions on how you can build a brilliant and profitable business that you love as a social media marketer. And in this episode, we are talking pricing. Since we joined forces in 2019, I don't think there's been a topic that we've answered more questions about than pricing. So buckle up because we have got big opinions on this and we're definitely going to reveal some mistakes that we've made along the way so that you can avoid making them too. So yeah, looking back in the past, we always used to ask for people's opinions on how much we should charge. We would look at the elements of the job. Maybe we would consider how much time it would take. Then we would wonder if we were being really over generous with the price or actually were we really expensive? And then imposter syndrome would set in and we'd start panicking and we'd think that we were going to lose this client before we'd even won them. So we'd go and ask other people what they would charge. But what we would do is we would position the question based on the elements of the job. So for example, How much would you charge to post four times a week on Instagram? And looking back now, it baffles us that we thought that this was a good strategy, which is why we wanted to record this episode. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all made those mistakes and we're all wishing that this podcast existed before today. (laughs) Now, these days, we always get people ask us how much they should charge for a certain number of posts. So there's four posts on Facebook or those three posts on LinkedIn, for example. We see posts in our community along the same lines and each time we see it, we are reminded of how badly this strategy has worked for us in the past. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm all for giving people a steer, but in reality, pricing for your business should be unique to your business. And if you're basing your pricing on someone else's business, you're going to end up running into all kinds of issues. As we all have different outgoings and we all have different expenses, we have different amounts that we need to pay ourselves to cover our household bills and our different budgets for our extravagant lifestyles. So when we were asking someone what they would charge, it was largely irrelevant because we didn't know how much their mortgage cost and whether it was the same as ours or maybe if they'd had a secret lottery win that was actually funding their lifestyle. And all of those things would have a massive impact on what they were going to be charging. And plus, if we asked the wrong person, then that person might be massively undercharging. Their opinion would then impact us, which would lead to us massively undercharging as well. Because there's people out there who are charging anywhere from like as low as £50 a month to as high as five grand a month or even more. But that doesn't mean that the five grand a month person is actually making loads more money than you because they might actually be making a loss if their outgoings are more than five grand. And when there's this huge scale of difference in what people are charging, you can be fairly confident that you're not going to be the lowest. You can be pretty confident you're not going to be the highest. So if you're just looking for opinions to give you confidence in your pricing, it's almost like it's a pointless exercise, isn't it? Yeah. So 
if you are one of these people and you go out and you ask other people how much you should charge, it's time to rethink that. It's time for a new strategy. So whilst you're listening, we want you to make a promise to yourself that you will stop worrying about other people's opinions on your pricing and instead start focusing solely on what your business needs to bring in. So I've been there. I've charged appallingly in the past. My Which ver- actually I think will shock some listeners. <laughs> My very first ever client used to pay me £144 a month. Yes, that's 144 a month because someone told me that social media managers should be charging 10 to 15 pounds per hour. It was a long time ago, but still I very quickly realized that that wasn't enough. And let's not even mention the fact that you shouldn't be charging by the hour because you all know that, right? So I was being paid for certain tasks. And from that perspective, I was kind of earning okay because it was the the tasks were quick. They were easy to do the job. But actually, when I realized that I still got to pay tax and my outgoings needed to be paid for, it left me with hardly any money to actually pay myself. I couldn't afford to invest in the tools that would make it easier to do the job. I couldn't even afford a scheduler at that point, and I could barely afford to pay myself. There were courses and memberships I wanted to join, but I couldn't afford those either and felt like I was stuck not being able to learn more to enable me to charge more because I couldn't afford to learn more. Being paid £144 a month only did one good thing for my business. It made me treble my prices for my next lead, which I did, which incidentally was a recommendation from the £144 client. So I learned the hard way. Sometimes we just are so desperate for the work and the experience that we snap people's hands off without actually doing the maths or by basing our prices solely on someone else's opinion. I've done this too, you know, and actually I've dropped my original price that I thought I was going to charge because I asked other people's opinions on how much I should charge, which now that I'm actually saying it out loud and admitting it on a podcast sounds absolutely nuts. But it's that imposter syndrome, isn't it? It just kind of beats us down. And for some reason, we feel like we need somebody else to justify our prices for us before we have to justify them to a potential client. But that is not a way to strategically price your work or make sure that you can make a profit in your business because we do need to remember that this is a business. Yes, we're freelancers, but we are business owners. So that's really important. But I think you kind of got around this pretty easily, didn't you? Yeah. So fortunately for me, my husband is an accountant. So he sat down one day, probably was fed up of me moaning (laughs) and he created me a spreadsheet for me to use to record all of my expenses and to do all of my forecasting, which was a complete game changer for me. It's a spreadsheet that I still use today religiously. And it's also the spreadsheet that we put in the social media managers toolkit. 
So for those of us who were not as clever as you and didn't think ahead when we were choosing a husband and didn't marry an accountant, <laughs> where can we start when it comes to pricing? Because we probably do need to have a guide in our heads about how much time it might take. But what do we need to do to get it right? Are there any key steps that we can all follow? Like what advice have you got for us? Okay, so there are five things you need to consider when you are pricing. But before I get into those, I just want to make sure that you know that instead of focusing on what a client wants to pay or what other people are charging, you need to firstly focus on what you need to charge to ensure that you are making your business a financial success. So here's how we do that. So firstly, quite a simple question is how much do you actually want to earn? Now, some people just want a small amount of money, like pocket money, for want of a better phrase. But other people need to earn thousands of pounds a month to be able to pay their bills, feed their kids, cover their mortgage. So be honest with what is the absolute minimum you need to pay yourself each month. And then anything over than that is a bonus. You need to be able to stop paying yourself based on what money is coming into your business now and price more strategically so you have enough money in the business to pay yourself what you actually want to earn. That figure needs to be recorded somewhere. So get it out of your head, go and find a pen and actually write it on a piece of paper. And put it on a piece of paper where you can actually see it all the time. Don't just hide it away. If you're digital, you could put it on like something on your phone. Like put it on your desktop, <laughs> on your laptop, so you can always see that number. <laughs> or on your vision board. <laughs> okay, so next up are your business outgoings. The beauty of having an online business is that you don't need to have huge outgoings, but you will have the very minimum insurance and obviously Wi-Fi. You'll also be paying tax if you are earning over the threshold. Then, of course, you have things like your schedulers, your tech requirements, conferences or courses you've taken. What you earn needs to cover these outgoings and also account for your future outgoings too. Now, again, you need to record all of these figures so you know exactly how much your business needs to make for you to break even. So that brings us swiftly on to number three, which is about forecasting. Now, in a similar vein, keeping money in your business bank account is essential. You shouldn't be emptying your business to zero at the end of every month. You need to have some basic forecasting in your business and ask yourself, how much will I spend this year coming on things like memberships, courses that you want to do, on your Canva subscription, on the schedulers that you use, on your pension contributions, etc., etc. Then you want to add all those values up and divide it by 12. And that means if you start putting aside that monthly amount of money, you will have the money in your bank going forward too. Now, we use Starling Bank um, and are big fans of it, but plainly because it has these little things called spaces in the account so we can move the money over into the spaces. So the money stays there. We can't spend it by accident in the Apple store. So we have a figure in our business that is effectively our zero and we don't let our balance go below that. But the figure here isn't zero. We always have money in the bank in case we need it. 
So when you see that course or that laptop, you know that you can go into your bank account, move your money around from your spaces if you're with Starling or other banks like that, and you can just go and spend that money with no guilt or no worry. You don't need to put it on a credit card. You don't need to borrow the money from somebody else. Do you remember when several years ago now we were on a call and there was a business coach and somebody wanted to sign up for their program and this business coach advised them that they should put this 10 grand coaching program on a credit card. And they actually told the people that if they didn't do that, then they didn't value themselves and their business enough because they didn't have the money in the bank, right? That's why they were telling them to do that. Like what, what kind of advice is that? I know it makes like I really remember that call and if anything the only benefit from that call was how I learned very quickly the type of person I didn't want to be and the type of advice I didn't want to be giving so I immediately unfollowed that person I walked away and it was just awful business advice and I really felt sorry for the person who was made to feel like that And as a business owner, you need to plan for your expenses that you might incur in the future. And we're not in a really complex business here, guys. This doesn't have to be complex. Our outgoings, as we've mentioned, can be very, very basic. So don't overcomplicate this. So what's next on the list? So next on the list is an important one, which I don't think many people think about. It's our, which, and it sounds a bit silly, but it's our thinking time. Client work doesn't just happen, does it? We don't just wake up on a Monday morning and have all those content ideas queuing up ready for us to do something with it. We have to go away. We have to research. We have to get inspiration. We spend time reviewing and learning from all our previous content. And we spend a lot of time thinking. And even when we're not meant to be working, we're probably thinking. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) God, I know you are. (laughs) So you need to make sure that your pricing covers your thinking time. If you allow yourself to be paid thinking time, you'll create way better content. You'll be more creative in your thinking. And becoming a content creating robot is never going to be good for anybody. So knowing that you are charging enough to pay for that time means you'll be able to do it and you'll do it well. It means you're allowing yourself time to think and create. I think that's a really important one for sure, the whole thinking time. So let me just recap. So at the moment on the list so far, we've got the figure that we want to make, which is the figure you're going to put on a post-it and have right in front of you all of the time. You're going to have your expenses, your forecasting, your thinking time. What's your final one on your five steps? Okay. So the final thing you need to include in your pricing is to make sure that when you're working on a price for a client, you also take into account the results you are going to be providing. If the result you are delivering makes the business money, then that needs to be taken into consideration in your pricing. Remember that your clients aren't paying you for your time. They are paying you for your knowledge and expertise and they want some sort of result. And that's where the value is. And that's also where the profit lies. I feel like that point needs a mic drop because that is such an important point that everyone forgets. It's the value and the result that you're delivering to the client, which is why they want to invest the money in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And that's why some agencies charge 
absolutely sky high rates because they have taken into account to ensure that they cover all of their outgoings, that they're making a profit, that they get paid for the expertise that their team have and the results that they are confident that they can deliver. And I can guarantee you that an agency making a ton of money won't be asking another agency how much they should charge. Can you imagine if they were? I mean, being on a fly on the wall in that conversation, it's just not going to happen. No. So just to reiterate then, what we're saying is that it's totally okay to get a steer from your peers when it comes to pricing. And we highly welcome those kind of conversations in our communities. But it's also really important and more important that you understand that the end price, the price that you actually give to the client, the price that's on your proposal that you want to be able to justify to them, that price needs to be the price that you've strategically worked out based on your business needs, not based on somebody else's opinions, not based on the client's budget, based on your own business needs, right? Yeah, 100%. If you want to come and chat more about how you can do this, then come over to our Facebook group, The Social Media Managers Hub, which is open to all freelance social media managers. We'll see you in the group and we'll be back in your ears really soon.